A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Here with you 52 weeks a year, multiple times through the Lions Tour because we love rugby and we will let nothing get in the way. Not even the hottest day of the year and the final few hours of sunshine in it will not spoil the fact we want to be here talking about rugby. There's nowhere we'd rather be than in a darkened dungeon yeah, subterranean, heavily yeah. insulated room with a lot of electrical equipment. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, I'm Tim. Uh, I'm Phil. Uh, as we're introducing ourselves, I'm yeah. JB, well, I, I just, I, I was just conscious on the last one that you say... You're the say, professional, pull yourself together. Yeah, you say, you say like, hi Tim, you, you, you're, you can introduce yourself as much as anyone. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame that there's no visual, nothing visual capturing this particular podcast, because JB's wearing his Sam Burgess vest. Oh, I am. I feel, it's so liberating as well. <laughs> um, there was... Oh, I'd, is this like, is this a Bentio vest now? I sp- well, well, he doesn't play for Bath, does he? He doesn't. But Bentio is the player that Sam Burgess should have been. Yeah, yeah. That, this is true. I so, think I think you look more like uh, Freddie Burns wearing that. Right oh, now. I, I, arms, well, I'm modelling my arms on Billy Burns. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were we were slightly obsessed with Sam Burgess in his Bath rugby Canterbury vest when all the promotional pictures mm. were out. It Just, does seem a shame, doesn't it, that all that effort went into promoting Sam Burgess and he was the wrong rabbit to promote. Yeah, I kind of feel they should go back through all the marketing li- literature and just simply replace Sam's head with Ben's head. <laughs> just rewrite history. Just rewrite history. <laughs> well, we've got a bumper podcast for you today. Obviously, we'll touch on the stuff that's going on in New Zealand. However, if you're tuning into this and thinking this is going to be a review of the game against the Maori All Blacks, then you've you've jumped one in, in our podcast feed. You need to hit subscribe and you need to go back and listen to the podcast we did yesterday, which is all about that. And while you're, while you're there, hit subscribe in your... Apple Podcast app, in your Acast app, or in your well, there's all sorts of other podcast apps. Like Phil was just taking us through the stats for Player FM. Player FM, which I'd never heard of before. It's good. It's but, the one I use for my podcasts. Well, it's one that many people use for their podcasts. More people use that for their podcasts for Egg Chasers than any other rugby podcast on earth. That they, is true. they certainly do. Fact. Uh, so yeah, wherever you are, you'll find us. Wherever you can get an RSS feed, you can hit subscribe and you'll get all of our podcasts. Yeah, we've got the uh, England-Argentina game. We've got Scotland's amazing win over Australia. We've got Wales and their routine win over Tonga. We've got um, the under-20s Rugby World Championship and plenty of other things besides to talk about. Where where shall we start? I think, no, do you know what? I'm going to say we sh- really should start with the best performance of the weekend and the best result of the weekend. Scotland's only third ever victory in Australia. Mm. Yeah, it's only right and proper. I know the Scottish fans, um, some of them would, would, would sometimes get a bit defensive when we I point out how many Kiwis and South Africans 
<laughs> are in uh, have been in that side in the past, but that doesn't detract from the fact that well, there's only one at the moment, and that's Maitland, who's got a Scottish mother. Well, Josh, well, Josh Strauss, Josh Strauss, Yeah, they they both came off the bench. Yeah, but they're both South Africans rather than Kiwis. Oh, uh, yeah, Tulis is Australian. Tulis is Australian. They've they've got quite a few, and but that's fine. That's a different point. But all I'm saying, all I'm saying is actually credit where credit's due. Um, we are we are starting the podcast with Scotland Scotland fans. Yeah, we started. Immediately into a negative, but let's go on to some real positives. Oh, total positive. This was a tremendous performance by Scotland. It was exceptional right from the word go. What was the attendance? Uh, I don't... (laughs) It's one of the things I don't have to hand. Uh, I couldn't tell you. It Mm. wasn't a full stadium. I can tell you that much. Mm. Uh, Aussie rugby's in a bad way, but... Again, I'm not trying to detract from what was right, yeah. We're really, let's, we're let's really talk, selling no, it. Let's talk about the Scotland performance in yeah. particular. Yes. Halfbacks were exceptional. They were. Mm. Finn, Finn Russell and Ali Price really controlled the game and looked threatening with ball Do you know hand. what the biggest indictment is of Laidlaw? <laughs> Go on. Every time he's replaced, he doesn't seem to win his position back. <laughs> and his replacement <laughs> seems to do remarkably well. Uh, Willie Hines. Willie Hines. Ali Price. Ali Price. Do you think he's going to usurp Morgan Parra? <laughs> oh, sorry, is that a, que- is that a question? <laughs> um, well, who knows? I mean, I guess I guess the point is, if Morgan Parra isn't kicking, he can step up and kick, and they like nines at kick. I, I, yeah, Parra can kick, and Camille Lopez can kick. And I think Claremont is sort of a team that wants to put out their best team all of the time. I mean, I guess, what do they want him for? Just continuity. I mean, I suppose as well, Parra's not very... Physically imposing, to put it mildly. They they play a similar type of game. So it is, you have a very similar uh, replacement who can play exactly the same strategy. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess what they're looking for there is, con- is continuity. It's not like when they had, uh, when they had, when Wales had uh, Mike Phillips and Dwayne Peel in the same squad. Two guys who do, to do to do two different things. It's just more of the same, but not maybe not as good. Yeah. Maybe slightly different. I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Similar. Similar, there you but go. But halfbacks were great. Uh, Finn Russell, Ali Price. The whole back line was good, and they wanted to uh, to attack from everywhere. Um, the back row as well, I thought, was probably the difference. Um, so Australia, Michael Hooper was brilliant and aggressive and athletic and everything that Michael Hooper is. But that trio of John Barkley, who has been magn- magnificent for Scarlets, carried that form in. And then Hamish Watson and Ryan Wilson, with then Josh Strauss off the bench, was they were they were brilliant. And Josh Strauss is a bit of a machine, actually. In, you know, his work rate is incredible. He's kind of um, a bit Waldemesque in that he gets a lot of small carries. Yeah, uh, but th- those other boys were brilliant. Hamish Watson, John Barkley, Ryan Wilson, just kept, the work rate that they put in was superb. Um, and conversely. The Australian team. So I mentioned Michael Hooper, who was good. He was, he was really good actually. He was. He was exceptional, and Israel Folau was exceptional. He scored two tries. Oh, that that salmon jump. Yeah. Oh, just great athleticism. How long is he going to put up with this? I've never seen anything like it. That jump. Was Did incredible. he use his knees to get on top of someone, or like, he just jump really high? He just jumped really, really, really high, and then caught the ball at, right at the the tip of his fingers as well. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um. But, how how but, long how long do you think Israel Flower is going to put up with this well, Wallabies side? Those two are it looks it looked like Flower and Hooper and then a few blokes they've picked up down the pub, and th- there's boys who in the past have been very good players. Bernard Foley 
Yeah. A few years ago when the World Cup, he was... when the Tars won it, yeah, in the World Cup. Yeah. Exceptional, looked average. Genia looked average. Um, Kurindrani, a few years ago, such a dangerous runner, such a threat, and just looked average. It's hard. I mean, I know we said we're going to talk about how good Scotland are, and we're probably going to talk about how bad Australia are. Um, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what's happening to Australia, Australian rugby. Because the players seem to be the same. I think their coach in Cheka is a very good coach. But just nothing's happening. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. We spoke briefly about it last week, didn't we? About the, the quality of players coming through. And you've the, got the, the ARU seem all at sea. The, the, they're, I mean, fi- they're fighting with the, the kind of there's battles with the Super Rugby organisers and some of, the, some of the sides. Some of them were... I mean, there's speculation that the whole board is going to go yeah. sooner or than later. Yeah. And they've brought in, they bring in a few guys from the NRL, Falau being an obvious shining example of what it can be, but boys like Ito Nabuli and Carmichael Hunt, who both started this game, didn't really look like they fit in. I know it's early in their Wallabies' careers. I remember Carl, it was, But are they the best players available? Like, well, they are the best players available. Well, Carmichael Hunt had a stint in Stad. Uh, was it too long? He's definitely had a stint in Is France. Carmichael Hunt the one that there's some stories about? Uh Similar. They've all got stories on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need to dig there's escapades. I don't, yeah. I don't want to speculate. But no, from what I've read, there's top-down issues like board organisation, fighting between different. Um, what are they? Not provinces. What are they? Franchises. Whatever. whatever. They are. Yeah, for, franchises. For funding regions, stuff. And, then there's, and then there's some bottom-up issues with grassroots fundings not being. Yeah, yeah. That, that does sound to be does sound particularly important. They also have no like overarching competition. So. Outside of the Super Rugby, well, they do now, they do, but yeah. for the longest time they didn't, and that must be a problem. So if you're not a Super Rugby player, you don't really get competitive rugby. No, you just drop. So if, well, yeah, if you're not Super Rugby player, and if you are a Super there's Rugby player, there's not a Curry player, Cup or NPC, or there hasn't been. Yeah, historically, one. but if you're not, if you are a Super Rugby player and you're not international, equally, there's no grade. So there's no, or there is now, but it's nowhere near as developed as Curry Cup and ITM might have cut. And also so they've, they've got issues but l- l- again let's get back on Scotland um, Greg Townsend fair play seems to have slotted right in. Yes. And yeah. we did so, worry we did worry that maybe Scotland could be shooting themselves in the foot and maybe we will argue down the line that they have done by letting Vern Cotter go who well mm. could be could be, a, could be an all, all black <laughs> It's one of those things feature. isn't it like do you know Eddie Jones gets loads of praise rightly so for what he's achieved with England but then people often say, "Well, he's just picked up off all the good work that Stuart Lancaster did." Same with um, <laughs> same with Steve Hansen and the All Blacks. Well, he's just picked up of all the good work that Graham, Graham Henry did. Yeah, and you know, uh, Townsend's only been in the job three like three minutes, and they've started to win games. Fern Cotton must be furious, actually. Fern Cotton must be absolutely <laughs> raging. <laughs> yep. But fair play, Scotland. Fair play. Really, really good. Particularly the defensive rear guard. So many times you could, you would imagine Scotland getting into that winning position and then gallantly yeah. losing. At yeah, the end. I think so that's the difference, isn't it? It's like during the World Cup where they lose in the last minutes. Yeah. And think this team is just a team that you know is basically a bunch of losers. Um, they are used to losing. They're happy with losing, and that's the standard that they'll settle for. And it doesn't seem to be like that at the moment. And I think one of the main reasons for that is you know the exacting standards which are demanded up in Glasgow. And I'll probably carry that over. Yeah, and with Cockrell coming in at Edinburgh, yeah, it's yeah. A decent signing. And you can, yeah. although if, if you can increase the strength of Edinburgh as well, because Glasgow they didn't have the best year last year, but for the past few years they have been a very very good team. Yeah, I mean, and they've signed well. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, who's and like Ed- the Edinburgh signed? Bennett, they've signed from Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, they've also got Robbie Fruin, if they can make something out of him. And by all accounts, they can do, because I quite liked him in a bath shirt in the few times I saw him. And Barbarians, it's if you can get the best out of him. Yeah. Could he, be a, actually, that could go either way, couldn't it? Could yeah. Tell, that could be a guy who's brilliant, or a guy who spends all his time out in the town in, um, in Edinburgh. And you just don't know which way this way this and one's going to go. lots of niggly injuries. Mm. Mm. But Scot- Scotland play Fiji next week. It looks like it'll be three from three, which is a very, very positive return. Let's just um, revisit the Cockrell thing. So Cockrell was in a situation in Leicester where it was his philosophy versus someone else's philosophy. It didn't go too well. Now, they've brought him into Edinburgh, and at the top of the tree, there is Gregor Townsend, who doesn't strike me as a man who has the same philosophy about rugby as Richard Cockrell. (laughs) <laughs> and then across uh, across the nation, there is Dave, Dave Rennie. So you can kind of see the Dave Rennie players feeding nicely into what yeah. Townsend's going to do. Can you see the players in, in the Cockrell system feeding in nicely? Bit of a, a, some hard-nosed, some hard-nosed grit in a Scotland would be a nice little something to lob into that. Yeah, but if you're Gre- that cauldron of Scottish rugby, I'd if, say if you're Gregor Townsend, right? I, I mean, I don't think Scotland and the population of Scotland have ever been short of hard-nosed grits with their, you know, with their sixty-nine. Well, I nights. think I think you could argue that with some of the ways that they've that Edinburgh have rolled over in the Pro Twelve in recent seasons. You, not rolled over, but you know what I mean. Just not I mean, been very not Scotland been, against England this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you phone yeah, up, right? I mean, you can imagine a situation where Townsend's fo- Townsend is phoning up. Um, Dave Rennie, and Dave Rennie's talking about, oh, yeah, I've got this guy, he's got amazing skills, pass left, left, right, uh, can offload. And then he phones up Cockrell and says, yeah, I've got some gritty guys. They're really, they're really tough. But this is a big test for Cockrell because he's got, he's got to do it with players that he's given and that have to be predominantly Scottish. So he's only got a certain pool. He can't go out and sign loads of people. And so he's going to have to, it's going to be a good test for his coaching. Uh, well done, Scotland. Yeah, definitely. Um, we should move on. There's lots and lots to talk about. Where would you like to move to next? Issues of that you want to you no. go to? Nope. No. I just want to say, as well as subscribing, um, you should leave a review um, oh. if, if you can. Sounds promising. So we've got an Apple Podcast review, uh, five star review. There's been, been a bunch of them, but I've just picked one out. Here we go. Um, uh, from Maru Itoji, apparently. No. Five yeah. stars, apparently, from Maru Itoji. And Get it out says, of here. Five stars, so good, it makes me want to ha- clap my hands until I bleed. <laughs> and we have been uh, asked for, for a question which, on Twitter um, from Paul Tavner, who said, with Maru Itoji's signature hand clap, are there any other players who have a signature move? Now, important to point out that Maru Itoji's signature hand clap was simply Stuart, <laughs> Stuart Barnes claiming Maru Itoji had pretty much invented clapping. Um <laughs> But nonetheless, I think we should try and answer it, as Paul's well, taking the trouble to tweet us to our rugby podcast. Well, I guess you've nailed it, haven't you, Tim? Um, the, the hand clap isn't really a signature. He's never really done it before. He, you know, I mean, he has, but you know, it's not a unique thing to him. It's not particularly unusual. So what Paul is asking us is really, what attribute can we make up and, and attribute to a player? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with the, the Dan Cole thumbs up. <laughs> no, 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 there are there are genuine ones. There's, there's the Chris, Chris Ashton Ash splash. Oh come there's on! There's no one else to know about. That. Everyone knows about that. The Dan Cole uh, stood clean. Yeah, yes. oh. definitely one. How about the the Dan Cole uh, incredulous look for being pinged for a penalty because <laughs> he's on all fours? Another penalty. Another one. Handling the ball. Come on. Wrong side and handling on the four. There's like which prop is particularly egregious at doing the looking at the refer- looking at the touch judge and appealing. 
rather than going to the ref. <laughs> I can't. I'm the must be one that's yeah. I tell you what, uh, Gen- Genji does do that. Genji a does that bit. a lot. Yeah. The, uh, the the Rob Evans good lad, because I I still don't get over what a great lad he was in the um oh the yeah in in the France game, and quote. Uh, let him come on, sir. We don't care who it is. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we'll just write off that law. Thanks, Rob. Did you see that the Six Nations Untoward Incident panel concluded their review on that? Oh, yeah. Last week. A, oh. a letter, but no, nothing more. Yeah. A, strong, yeah. a strongly worded letter to France. Yeah. They questioned whether they'd followed procedure correctly, but didn't, they didn't go as far as to say they were attempting to get an unfair advantage from it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the problem is they followed the law exactly and they know something was up but they couldn't prove it yeah maybe yeah so anyway the, the nothing, mike, no more is going to happen mike brown sign like uh, he has a signature kind of angry celebration and also a signature like just angry in general just angry yeah like his his release when he scores he looks like a man who's <laughs> about to kick off outside a pub <laughs> at 1am on a saturday night down a down a back alley um, there's a few goal kickers trademark things like the the rob rob cook was it rob cook oh, oh rob si- cook signature really, squat yeah, yeah. really wide legs. Um, squat and drop toilet it's amazing like a, yeah it's like a sumo deadlift stance yeah that was probably probably my favorite actually yeah. uh the quaid cooper where he kind of puts his arms behind him yep the johnny oh, johnny wilkinson incredible. hold hold his hands together the, yeah that was all the rage wasn't it do you when Joy wilson first started doing it because everyone at level started doing it yeah, yeah I, had, I knew one guy who would blow into his hands so he would have both his hands in front of him. If you imagine you just put your hands up in, in, in front of him, you kind of do a loosely, a loose fist. You look like you're, you look like you're jerking off two men. <laughs> yeah. Well, not quite. But then you blow into both of them. Was this why, then, is this why Facebook Live's not working today? It might well be. It might well be. Uh, there's one. Uh, Michael Checker, Michael Cheeker. He has the, talking about the incredulous look from props to touch judges. He has that every single time there's a penalty given against his team, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, he slams his fist down on yeah. the desk yeah. and then like hands up in the air with his mouth open, like like he's astonished that a penalty could possibly be given team. against Michael Hooper for hands in the rook, for example. He's probably looking at Michael Hooper and thinking this guy is one of the best in a generation, and if, if he was an All Black, that would not be yeah, a penalty. That, that is probably what he's thinking. To be fair, it's an absolute joke. <laughs> <laughs> and the final one, it could become a signature, but one thing I forgot to mention on our review of the Lions Mario Blacks game was there was one point when Tig Furlong was gave away a really weak penalty for for holding on on the, basically he was off his feet in a ruck. Oh yeah, and uh, one. I liked it. Yeah, and so the ref was saying release, release, and he said three times before he penalised him. Mako yeah. Vanapola was stood by the side of the ruck and was clearly getting a bit frustrated. Get off the bloody ball. So Mako just whacked him, slapped him on the ass. Did he? Big, massive, a big smack. Massive slap on the ass. Yeah. Hmm. Which was good. So maybe I, it might be the, yeah. the signature Mako ass slap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had our... When we were in school, <laughs> we had um, our first other video analysis session. And I was in lower six, so we were playing with some sixth formers. And our hooker, every time he was... <laughs> every time he picked up the ball... To, to throw it in or you know was getting ready for the line out the referee had come up to him and slap him on the arse every, every, <laughs> every time and we thought this, this was absolutely hilarious so like for the rest of the sixth form we were just slapping him on the arse <laughs> I'm not sure if that's inappropriate or not really how old was he 17, 18 17, 18 
it's fine. Let the boys play. I generally think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to England Argentina yep. via a tour story that's Ooh, been sent in. Yes. Very good. So we're asking for some tour stories because these extra podcasts that we're doing throughout the Lions tour are being made possible by, and we're very grateful to, Raging Bull, who, I mean, I don't know, uh, but some people might not be aware. They have, they have this team wear and stuff that we've been aware of for a while, uh, but they have leisure wear, which is available and perfect for the discerning rugby gentleman, I'd say. Definitely. If, you, if you've seen any pictures from us doing our live show in Romania, uh, and there's a few on the Egg Chasers Instagram account, I believe. Then make your own mind up, but we were big fans of their gear. Yeah, love, lovely stuff. So chinos, blazers, shirts, whatever. Uh, so it could be sorted for your pre-season tour or just uh, look in the part in the clubhouse on a Saturday after a game. Uh, ragingball.co.uk and you can get yourself a 15% discount just because you're listening right now by using the code EGG15, ragingball.co.uk. Use the code EGG15 and fill your boots. And thank you very much to Chris, who sent in a, court, a, a tour story. Who was, he was on a tour to Southport, which isn't far from where we are, only about 30 miles up the road. Um, the theme was wizards. Obvs. There was a train, uh, there were 30 to 40 guys on a train dressed in robes, staffs, beards and hats. How am I doing in this story? Have I heard this story before? <laughs> Go on. From a, from a gentleman called Chris. Oh, right. Okay, yes. <laughs> While as captain, I'd organised the majority of the tour. One of my best mates, Carl, had gone all in on the theme. He made a bespoke fantasy-style drinking game with Lord of the Rings-style characters <laughs> with, ele- <laughs> with elemental powers of attack and booze-based magic potions as punishments. <laughs> Would you have gone along with this, JB? If you, Hundred- been- you know what? Nothing I like more than someone who goes to the nth degree with just stupid, stupid stuff. This really is, it's all in the detail, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. This is exactly what I like. We played the game on the four-hour train journey and got appropriately hammered. It was a brilliant game, but a preposterous level of geekery for a mainstream rugby tour. And as such, <laughs> there were a few abstainers and objectors. Carl was our number eight, a big lad, solid ball carrier, also had the ability to work himself into a state of emotion, which earned him the nickname The Incredible Sulk. <laughs> <laughs> we've, all, we've all known one of them in a team. And in a state of mild inebriation, the fact that there were abstainers and objectors started to needle him on the train leaving. Uh, he was leaving in a proper mood. Showing weakness on a rugby tour is like self-harming in a pool of piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> and needless to say, a few people smelt blood. <laughs> Walking from the station to the hotel for the speediest of bag drops, he overheard someone badmouth the game. He smashed his staff on the ground, shattering the flashing disco ball globe at the end of it and proceeded to cry. Some gentle consoling and we managed to get him to the first pub and back on the beers. A few hours later and many pints later, I realised Carl was nowhere to be seen. Um, I found him in a toilet cubicle, uh, s- complaining nobody liked his game. I want to go home. <laughs> I offer to walk into the hotel and out into the night we head. As we leave, the fresh air mingles with the day session and the booze hits both both I and Carl, struggling to walk, and instantly regrets, sm- he instantly regrets smashing his staff. I have mine and he leans on me as we stumble down the main street arm in arm, quickly realising the buildings all look vaguely the same, but my homing instinct taking me in a certain direction so we plough on. Uh, we see a brightly lit reception and like two robed moths walk to the door no one's in reception we check our room key it says room 115 and head to the lifts we go to the first floor and along the corridor it doesn't feel familiar and the rooms are numbered so we carry on although I remember thinking something seems strange we get to room 115 peek inside none of the, oh yeah none of the rooms had doors on them 
What? <laughs> uh, we get to room 115, peek inside through the doorless entrance and see someone in the bed who I already assume to be an early dropout from the day's drinking. They don't even acknowledge us walking into the room. We look around and confirm it definitely isn't our room and the man in bed is 80-odd years old. Hang on. And not a tourist. 80-odd? Yeah. Uh, no, no doors? No doors. The rooms we have he- doors. We head back down to reception, now a little more with it, and realise we're in some kind of residential mental institution. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, now, Carl and I eventually made it back to our hotel, but to this day, I worry about both the lasting impact of our, uh, that our detour had on the residents, and particularly how the staff might have handled the mass yet unexplained sightings of two drunken wizards, <laughs> one in tears, stumbling along the corridors arm in arm the morning afterwards. Uh, yes, Richard, of course you saw a wizard last night. <laughs> two wizards? Okay, well, double the wizards, double the dose, as they say. Now open wide. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris, for that brilliant story. Very good, Chris. That's the sort of store, tour story I'm talking about. Uh, contact chases at gmail.com with yours. England or Argentina? Another another week, another England-Argentina game, another brilliant game. Can these two play each other every week? <laughs> I know. England with a reduced squad. Um, uh, well, first of all, let me say this. Uh, that, I'm going to get his name wrong. Lavanini? Lavanini. Lavanini. That boy is hard. Well, he is a hard I man. love him. Ooh, I'm, I think he was a little bit too hard towards yeah. the end. Yes. With that. In rugby league, they call it a torpedo tackle, don't they? Yeah, yeah, he went very, very hard. Nathan Hughes. He doesn't doesn't care. The best part was when he pushed Johnny May. Johnny May spins round without even thinking, grabs him and immediately regrets him. Yeah, no, he's massive, isn't he? Tell you what, fair play. Next guy in, Henry Slade. Yeah. Henry Slade, and he grabbed hold of, I think it was Matera. So, (laughs) Lamanini and Matera against Slade, I mean... I had quite fancy my chances against Slade and May. Yeah, no, me and you, shall we take it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fair, fair play to Henry Slade. Yeah. Um, I would not start a fight with Lamanini, even if even Etzebeth was my best mate and we were in a bar <laughs> together. He is enormous, isn't he? I think you could, the... see, you could see he was getting frustrated. There was that, that torpedo tackle, which was I think that... not for me, but there was a few after that no-arms tackles, wasn't there? That boy has got the potential to be the best lock in the world. Or in that group, group of yeah, lock, yeah, locks. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's like a real. I mean, Etzebeth has got the um, that image now, hasn't he? The reputation of being the hard man. Uh, I think I think this guy takes it to a new level. He's good. Mm. Uh, who else stood out for me for Argentina? Uh, Orlando, the centre, with one of the best offloads I think I've seen. The out the back door, oh, out the back was... door, behind the back. Yeah, so yeah. And, and I've seen him score a wonder try about a year ago. Um. I can't remember. It was for the Jags. Can't remember against who. Really, really could, could be could be anyone. Yeah, actually. Jags scored some wonder tries. To yeah. go to Argentina and win two 0 with that squad with is out. Thirteen players missing. Outstanding. Yeah, it really was. Um, and it's, this was a brilliant game right from the start. Eight minutes, two tries already. Mm. I was a bit disappointed. It only ended up with sixty points overall, rather than. 80 yeah. plus. Yeah, it did have that. Uh, it it did, did have the potential it, to get ridiculous. It felt like it dropped off a little bit towards the end, just because they're probably all shattered from long seasons, lots of travel. And George Ford, after having a kind of mixed bag of a season, finishing really strongly, he's yeah. been outstanding. He did well, look good. It's interesting. We were, we were questioning the balance of the squad when it first came out, whether it was right to bring the young guys through, whether it's right to have so many well-established players. 
But I think it's been a really good combination. I do as well, actually. The, looking back on these two games, the established guys, like George Ford, like Danny Kerr, like Rob Shaw played really well. Mike Brown was brilliant he in, was in abs- this test. He was absolutely... Uh, that, that, that try he set up for Piers Francis. And the one he set up for Danny oh, Kerr. My. And the one he, for Danny Kerr. But that, that Piers Francis one was brilliant anticipation and fullback play, positioning, aerial work. Yeah. Great footwork to tie in two defenders offload oh it was just gorgeous hmm. if, if that was an if that was a new zealander we'd have been we'd have been raving about yeah, it yeah so three things one directly to what you just said the mike brown performance uh, i think david flatman tweeted this but if that was a new zealander if that was sunny bill it would be all over facebook yeah you know on you know various rugby sites would be going mental about it it was brilliant yeah uh, second point i want to make is interesting that Pierce Morgan, Pierce Francis, um, <laughs> he was um, picked at 12. And I wonder if that's kind of a little insight into Eddie Jones' thinking that I am going to settle with Owen Farrell as my long-term 12 now and Ooh. George Ford as my long-term 10. I, I think these two games, so you've had Lazowski and Francis playing yeah. 12. I think this is definitely, definitely confirming the way that, um, the way that Eddie Jones wants to go to have ball players in the midfield as opposed to Gatland, who wants direct hard runners Which in the midfield. Which also calls into Bentio question... Bentio now wishes he could go back and be Irish. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does also call... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah does, he's got the beating of Henshaw. It so does far. stack yeah. up, doesn't it? Because Tio is kind of a fringe England player, even though he looks like a nailed-on line starter. He's a finisher. Finisher, there you go. Finisher for England, nailed-on starter but for the Lions. I, I wonder if they'll go towards a Pierce, Francis, or a Lazowski, if that's the way they want to play. Well, well, they'll be all Slade. Yeah. They'll be that Slade, kind of yeah. tier behind, or even someone like Harry Malander. Will, it feels like they will be kind of in line behind. Harry Malander is the one. Hear me now, believe me now. That is the guy who, will, well, once he gets his shot in the England 12 jersey, I, think, I don't know if he's more a fullback. I don't know. No, he's a I, I think he's tackling 12, you reckon? I, yeah. 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 He's massive. He's, he's still only 20, 21, so he's got a lot of time. Yeah. But he will be playing with Piers Francis next season. Yeah. He, it could he, well be them it's 10-12 Eddie Jones has said he wants and very much along the New Zealand mould something we used to you know I've always been able to say about them where they can one player can drop out and another one can step in he said he wants three yeah. quality options in every position a squad of 45 is quite which, testing isn't it which is something that and um, Lancaster never had no you had your defined 15 and it felt like a big deal. Do you know what the reason I think, I think Lancaster didn't have that is because he was so loyal to his starters. Yeah, he was. He was too too loyal. I'd say. Argue. Yes, I think there's definitely an argument for that. But I I equally think, and again, not wanting not wanting to do what you were suggesting that we could do earlier. But there's there's an element where, and it's the work of all the academies. But Stuart Lancaster was the head of the under twenties. The players that are coming through and are now first team options Stuart Lancaster set the ball rolling with this production line which seems to have gathered a pace in recent seasons and that's that's a, that's a lot of hard work by a lot of people but there's there's guys now with potential that as you say in the tier below there was, it felt like a bigger drop off and that, and I don't think that was because Stuart Lancaster wasn't picking them he was the guy that was picking the youngsters it was the people before him that weren't picking anyone Stuart uh, Lancaster blooded loads of players he, he blooded a load of players post 2011 World Cup yeah. he brought a whole load of players in but it, then and he's felt, so inflexible yeah, later on it felt like he had his selected his, his team his 23 yeah. and he didn't want to deviate from and it I, I'm struggling to think of names at the moment but you know if you look back 
at the Lancaster area, there were so many players who were thinking, why, is, why does he not get a shot? Why does he not get, get, get a shot? And I don't know why it was. Well, I, I do know why it was now. He, he valued his starting 15 so, so highly and the group more highly than the individuals. I, I which is well, not I, I, right. No, I, don't think not, he, I don't think he valued... Uh, well, I, Steve Hansen does. I mean, yeah, it's the well, same, same thing, but I think it? we have said the same about Eddie Jones. That he's, we have said exactly what you just said about Sri Lanka. We've, people have said about Eddie Jones. Not to the same extent, I don't think. I think Eddie Jones is not as settled on his fifteen as Sri Lancaster is. But you know, of course, it yeah. makes sense that coaches do like a stable fifteen. I mean, that isn't any secret. It's yeah. just the the extent to which they do do like it. Yeah. Anyway, there is there is a level of depth and a level of talent coming through. Yeah. Which is frightening. Who has to, been to... the best debutant on tour? Ooh, good question. Um, I, I don't think he's a debutant, but I have been really impressed by Charlie Yules. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Yules. Been, he's kind of one of these guys who's almost ordained to play England. He doesn't always play for Bath. He, you know, he's slowly been coming through. He actually played eight against Toulouse two years ago. Yeah. Um, and it seems like the hype has been well, well worth it. But, but you don't think of Charlie Yules do as a top five lock in England? Yules has been good. The three debutants they've had in the back row uh, in Mark Wilson, Tom Curry and Sam Underhill I thought were all brilliant. And Harry Williams. Harry Williams is very good actually. As a tight head prop, his work rate, but yeah. also just to go and compi- oh, compete. Give us against, a bit of scrum porn. Yeah, compete against that. Well, and Will Collier as well. Yeah, Will Collier, him. actually. Go it with was him. Will Collier in that. He's, the been the most, he's been the most impressive really? player on tour, I reckon, for the new lot. No, I'd was say... He, was he a debutant? Uh, if I he think wasn't. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, well, he's, he's been the most impressive for me. I would go with Curry or Underhill. Yeah, I could, I could they, go They both only those. played 60 minutes. So did Collier. He came on... Uh, yeah, he came on twice. He only played 40 minutes. Yeah, okay. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it's quite interesting because Underhill is a tackling machine, although he did miss one for for a try. Um, but I just think Curry's kind of groundwork and breakdown work is slightly superior. But, you know, what options? I think it's it going to be a long time before either, either of them play for England again. I think Hill will come into the squad again before Curry. Underhill. Underhill. Yes, I agree with that. Underhill, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think Mark, just Mark Wilson might have a shot as, yeah, as well. That would be cool. He should. Because he's, he's flexible as well. He can, he can play six or seven. Yeah, and he feels like his, his performance seems a little bit more mature. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's pretty. He is about seven years older. Eight years older yeah. than. Uh, but like, do you know when he, he he comes on, he does have a leadership quality that yeah. a lot of others don't. Yeah. And I, do you know who he reminds me of a little bit? Um, in that style, it's kind of like Phil is Phil Dalson. A, li- a little bit. I know what you mean. Um, maybe not the greatest player. But a very, very good leader. A very good all round because his mm. his Wilson's hands are actually very good as well. Yeah, I, I think he's quite. He reminds me quite a lot of Robshaw. Yeah, yeah, I, I can that. see that. Similar skill set. I, I think. can see that Robshaw, or even someone like Warburton, not quite as good, but someone yeah. like that. Yeah, he can carry. He's athletic. He's quick. Good at the breakdown. There's tackles not, I, I was hard. Just, there's not many positions that England aren't getting towards having three. Really good options. Centre, probably. Uh, hooker. Outside centre. Marchant probably. and Joseph. And Slade. Uh, there's not enough of Marchant on tape, though, to make me suggest he's England quality yet. I mean, I, he's got some ooh, very good bits. very good year this year. Yeah, 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 he's had some good bits, but... He's, yeah. it's, his first, it's his first proper yeah, premiership season. He's he, 20. I mean, the drop-off from the England... Well, J, Jonathan Joseph or Ateo, if he was 13, down to Marchant, is still fairly substantial. 
but he is still only 20. He's 20 so and I, just I think, his yeah. first year in the Premier League. I think he's coming up. Sam James, that's your boy. <laughs> I'd probably go, I'd go for marching over Sam oh, James. Behave honest. yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, anything else about oh, the yeah, well, One thing, I just someone tweeted us and spotted the same same thing I thought. I wanted to talk about uh, Joe Launchbury's um, grooming. Grooming? grooming grooming his personal grooming Dan Wright got oh personal touch. grooming oh, po- sorry podcast and said I can't work it out is Launchbury growing a rubbish beard or a massive pair of Dickensian <laughs> sideburns uh, it is an interesting look yeah I th- he has the look of a man who is absolutely fuming about and, and walks around not thinking about anything except Warren Gatland he has a <laughs> you can imagine him with a picture of Warren Gatland and a dart on a dartboard and just I don't care about do you want to cut your hair no no, not bothered. No, not bothered. Don't care. <laughs> singular, uh, uh, one singular focus. Yeah. Uh, I will mention one more thing like this. I can't believe I didn't mention it before. Um, BBC coverage was interesting. Do you watch it? Andy Robinson and Eddie Butler. Oh, Ooh. well, okay. So Andy the Robinson technical penalty. Andy Robinson as the colour guy. Yeah. Oh. No thanks. Um, he used the phrase technical penalty. Oh, yeah. he, 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 sort of, he was at pains to let us know whether it was a technical penalty or a not technical yeah, penalty. Yeah, because a technical penalty is worse than a long penalty. Have I got that wrong? Mm, I don't know. I he, don't... Al- he also used the phrase that I hate most when commentators use it, which is duty of care. Yes. Which doesn't exist in the law book. No wonder you lost your job, Andy. <laughs> you don't understand the laws. <laughs> Phil almost swore then. Wow, never seen that before. Uh, uh, in studio was pretty shambolic, actually. <laughs> So, um, yeah. of all the quote-unquote broadcasters available to the BBC, yeah. they managed to find three guys. And by the way, um, rugby is a pretty—it's uh, a pretty cool place to hang out. You know, there's lots of guys that like each other. There's lots of guys that you'd love to go go for a drink. Articulate fellas. Yeah. In short, rugby is full of great people, interesting yeah. characters. Yeah. BBC managed to find three guys that just simply don't seem to like each other very much. <laughs> uh, you had uh, Brian Moore on, on one side. Who um some of his I mean his description of uh the of of the system that Super Rugby played by was quite incredible. Then you had Jerry Guscott. Do you know when a, f- a few weeks ago we had a little bit of an argument in you know within us like the podcast about you know when you're talking it kind of relies on goodwill. Jerry Guscott had zero goodwill <laughs> to anyone to in any- that studio apart from Jerry Guscott. <laughs> yeah. So um. So I want to make a point and go, um, yeah, that was good. That was a really good run. No, I don't think it was actually. <laughs> yeah, he was at, he was at fault there in defence. No, he wasn't. I, I, he was just a tank, a, a cantankerous old, just miserable. He actually said at one point. Uh, so they were talking about we we got to, we put our heads together and we come up with a Lions fifteen that we would pick for the first test. And we all and Jason Hammond said uh, and you all agreed. Quite, I was quite surprised with how quickly you agreed. And Jerry Guscott said. I wasn't there. I didn't turn up till after that. So, <laughs> on, on live TV. Yeah. Just read that. At, at one point. Good right, old Jeremy. Almost as if to say, well, I would have disagreed. Yeah. I was there. One of them said, kind of in a state of resignation, well, we've got 20 minutes to go. So, uh, I mean, you're on live TV <laughs> getting paid a lot of money to talk about a wonderful game. Oh, well, we've got 20. Yeah, well, we'll do it in the next 20 minutes. Like, I've, I felt so sorry for Hugo. Hugo is the only adult. He's, he's no, such a, such the a, only adult. He's such, a, <laughs> he's such a good, fun, interesting guy. And he's normally working with Ben Kay and Austin Healy and Flats and Nick Mullins. <laughs> yeah. and People who actually Al- like Alistair. the game. Yeah. 
he's <laughs> and Bod, he's working with these brilliant, interesting guys, and then he's sat in between. Jason Moore and was Jeremy Gusco. He was that, that, that man was earning his money trying to keep <laughs> like, keep everyone everyone on, on track. It was the worst combination of pundits I've, I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and notable exception would would actually be Eagle. Did you see the? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Bit where Uber said, yeah, you know, I was involved in... Um, I've been involved in Harlequins as Will Collins coming up, involved in his development. And um, what's his name? Gusket goes, what? You're involved in his de- development? Do you teach him how to scrimmage? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure you taught him anything about, about, about scrimmaging, did you? Hang on, not about <laughs> teaching him how to be a professional. Teaching, I mean, look at, look at, look at Ugo. He is, what was he, like, mid-30s, and he's got like an ounce of fat, fat, yeah. an ounce of fat on him. How about teaching him to be a professional, diet, nutrition, that sort of, you know, just being a good pro? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible to watch. Uh, well, while, while we're on that, do you want to comment on the coverage that Sky are offering up at the moment on the Lions tour? How have you found that? Uh, do you know what they have done? Actually, quite a good job. Um, I don't know if Stuart Bonds is on a twenty-five year contract, which was signed ten years ago, and he's still got to go through the remaining fifteen years. Presumably, presumably that is what has happened. But actually, the rest of it is pretty good. I th- I like the guys that they're getting in studio. I think they've got good lines experience. Yeah, it's, I've, I've it's, not not it's, it's not bad the, at all. It's not bad at all. Darby Morris is being nudged out. We haven't seen him at all. Yeah, that's a good it's, point. I, Stuart I, Barnes I quite like De- Debbie back, back in the day. Stuart was... I mean, I, do you know what? I do quite like Stuart in I, a lot of ways as well. I didn't mind Stuart back in the day. It, it's, he seems it like, feels like he's... It feels like, like he's so, a little bit out of touch. Yeah, like so dated. Like, do you know when Murray Walker was finally losing it at the end of F1 talking about blue Ferraris? <laughs> I wonder if that's kind of what's going on. But no, I think it's been really good, actually. And the other thing as well, I think it's Miles Harrison, who is the the actual play-by-play, the commentator guy. Yeah. Like, he has got a bit of an iconic voice. I mean, you think of some of the great moments in particularly English rugby, and it is him behind it. So, yeah. I, I, don't, I remember four years ago uh, when... School of Hard Knocks have been going a f- couple of years by this point. Now, have I mentioned that I've, I played in School oh, you, of Hard yeah, Knocks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every time we do it. Um, the, their, what was it? The powerful opponents couldn't contain I couldn't their... contain them more. Uh, oh, missed it. Uh, pa- powerful opponent, which was me, obviously, scoring the play. <laughs> um, so it became almost like a bit of a... Um, a bit of a thing where Scott Quinnell would do a rousing and on the last Lions tour they'd always go right let's go to, to Scott for the the token rousing speech <laughs> I'm so excited I can't I got butterflies in my tummy I, I, come it's on Lions like, it's kind of like some soft bigotry towards Scott Quinnell <laughs> in the whole thing it's like, but they, they've... Scott you're from a poor background talk, talk, <laughs> identify with these boys <laughs> uh, but they don't bother doing any of that this time round yeah 
So he's obviously uh, had a word like, please, can I can I do some proper talking? Can I talk about like? Yeah, yeah. Things? I'm a lion. Um, I've captained Wales. Uh, I was I was one of the top professionals, or in my position in the world. And you want to talk? You want me to talk to these guys just because yeah. I'm from a rough background? Yeah, Scott, just do that stuff about dragon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forget the technical fire. stuff, passion. Scott. We'll get, uh, we'll get Will to do that. <laughs> talk about passion, not being able to read. Okay. <laughs> not being able to read. No, no, that's that's a serious thing. Uh, so, bravo, England. Well done, Scotland. Um, I, I, can can I just jump to take a little tangent to the World Rugby Under Twenties Championship? Uh, yes. It, it finished please. today. Yep. Yeah. Did finish today? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The final was earlier, and there's loads of good highlights and stuff on the World what Rugby website. What was the score? Website. Ooh. 63 points to something. 10, was it? 10. In, in, to New Zealand? To New Zealand over England. Oh, wow. And oh, yeah, I mean, England, were, sh- England were shorn of a few players who were out in Argentina, but not enough to make up a 43-point difference. No, evidently there was. New Zealand's under-20 side is ridiculous. It is silly, isn't it? There's what the hooker. Oh my goodness! You, just when you thought they've got, oh, they've got Dane Coles and they've got um, Cody Taylor behind Cody him. Taylor and Colt Coltman. Yeah, this guy Asaf, uh, Asafo Aumua. Yeah, is a ridiculous Almua? specimen. Aumua. Yeah. Aumua. Yeah. He was the chap who made the like forty-yard break against Ireland earlier yes, in the tournament just that was being busted their shown face everywhere. wide open. Oh my god, that guy is frightening. How good he is. Yeah. Um, so I've got, I've got on the, on the AllBlacks.com website. I've got Asafo Almua's uh, <laughs> profile. Okay. Are you studying or working outside of rugby? If so, what are you doing? And he says, after school, after school care, teacher aid. I don't know what that means. Does that basically mean he's getting extra help? Is that, or is he an assistant teacher? Or is he an assistant teacher? One that, of the they're, very, they're very different things, aren't they? He's either very, he's, yeah, he's either very, very open and honest about his shortcomings or he's like already got a kind of um, David Pocock humanitarian kind of... We don't need any more David Pococks in the game <laughs> yeah. of rugby. Well enough, thank you. Um, Favourite rugby ground? St. Patrick's College number one field. Ooh. I like it. Like he's played super rugby. <laughs> it's like, no, I like my old school field. Favourite rugby player, Dane Coles, because he has good running game. Earliest or best rugby memory, scoring a try for New Zealand secondary schools against Australian schools, fair enough. Biggest influence on your rugby and why? Guess who he says? Oh, I've got a meal army. Oh, I was going to go with um, uh, uh, McCaw. A biggest influence on his rugby. Oh, no, he went for my, my parents because of their never-ending support for me, my brothers and my sister, bro. They're nice. Yeah, uh, I but, not, but not his brother, interestingly, no. bro. Last song you had on repeat. Panda. What's what else? I've no. never heard of it. No idea. Some cool kid will know what that is. I'm just having a look at the St. Patrick's College field. Mm. I hate it when I get stepped in rugby, bro. I, I hate it when I get stepped, bro. I can't live without pies. <laughs> <laughs> Lad. If he, if he wasn't a rugby player, he would be president of America. <laughs> I aim high. Yeah, absolutely. Fair play. Um, well, he's, he's, he, he is going to be a professional rugby player. He's going to be one for many years. Nothing about coffee with the boys. Nothing. No Incredibly. coffee with the boys. Uh, that's amazing. I'm a bit worried for, about uh, the lack of uh, coffee with the boy culture in yeah. New Zealand. Oh no, there's a big culture. <laughs> Don't worry about the culture. He just seems to be a bit uh, missed out. On He'll it. grow into it, I guess. Yeah, it's an acquired taste, isn't it? Yeah. Well, good for him. Jamie George was interviewed and was talking about coffee with boys. Oh, was he? A lot. And saying how Sean O'Brien, he likes going to coffee with the boys. Him and Sean O'Brien have become coffee buddies. Oh, nice. On the Lions tour. It's nice. Coffee bringing men together. 
Good. Mm. There's a few people introducing uh, the sink to coffee. So like he's never in, there's a few Instagram the uh, sink. videos. Who's the sink? Yeah, Instagram Sinclair. live videos. Sinclair. Oh, it's not Instagram live. Uh, Instagram Kyle stories. How yeah. is he not into coffee? Because the Harlequins got a huge coffee culture. They do. Yeah. Carl Sinclair on the on the Instagram stories videos of very from various people's accounts that I've seen. Carl Sinclair just looks like a kid at Christmas. Yeah. He is having the greatest time. He uh, Jamie George said that Carl Sinclair is the most excitable and as so far the MVP of everyone on the tour because he's so excited to be there. Amazing. He he knows every single Living with Lions DVD yeah, that's by, so cool. by the, word. The speech he knows all the he, speeches, he all the speeches heart, so he? he's, he's actually said to Jamie George if we get both select, get selected in the test he loves the moment when is it Phil Vickery and Andrew Sheridan are head to head and <laughs> <laughs> listen to me listen to me and slap he said he's going to do that to Jamie George before the game. <laughs> love it. I, I love the fact that all Rugby fans playing rugby still. Yeah, I mean, it's quite easy. I give you a pro just to be a little bit detached and be a little, little bit cynical. So I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, I, I'm loving seeing the excitement of Carl Sinclair from the bits I've seen. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a joy to watch. It is indeed. Any other games you want? Do you want to talk about Wales at all? I mean, is that is that important in any way? Well, no, because they're, all... they're their game on on the Friday. So Warren Gatland could, uh, which was planned months ago, so Warren Gatland could just. Uh, ferry over some mediocre players into the Lions squad mm. the only thing worth mentioning I think we mentioned on yesterday's pod was the Halif uh, Halif hit, hit which was incredible yeah that's pretty... and correctly refereed as well because he wrapped his arms but uh, Corey Allen had already bounced two yards back by the time his arms had closed uh, we do have some semi-transfer news don't we uh, well, so this week was it was it last week when it happened or it was on one of the podcasts we mentioned it but Carl Ferns officially confirmed he's staying at Leon, which we've been talking about for a long time but even only even as recently as about three weeks ago Gloucester were tweeting about their new signings for the next season and Carl Ferns was being mentioned yeah Gloucester were um pretty much well they were just holding out for a fee and rightly so because they you yeah. know yeah because oh, he signed the contract um I wouldn't be surprised if Carl Ferns was probably one of the top paid eights in the top 14 behind uh Louis Pickamalls now uh, and he certainly his stats last year would uh, would warrant that most yep. carries, most yards. He was literally top, most try, top try scorer for, for a forward. forward. Yeah. yeah, he was literally the best eight in the top fourteen last year. Yeah, playing it in Leon, which says that is enormous. Yeah, it is a shame that you know that I do understand why they do it, but it's just a shame that they couldn't utilize him for England because surely he's got some use. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm course is the transfer has happened but finally they've sorted out the figures and the sums involved and that's Denny Denny yeah going to sell there you go they've settled out of court yep. for in excess of £200,000 so that is the and that's not because Sale did anything wrong they, they were really stressed. not because he did anything wrong we just we just can't be bothered we just want to settle so just well yeah. I mean obviously someone had to get paid for something right? yeah they did they did and Sale's initial position was it's a completely different sport. So he's retired. No, no, that wasn't. He, he's, he's retired. He retired, well, and then sales initial, sales initial thing was we don't know him anything. No, sales initial thing is we will pay you um, a fee that was rejected. So I said, right, we'll pay you kind of what we were legally entitled to, which is equal to the loss suffered by the club, yeah. which they kind of worked out to be his salary because it was so low. So salary times three. Yeah, something, something, something like that. And then they kind of everyone came to. Uh, agreement that it will be well whatever the figure is 
knowing a little bit about this behind the scenes, I can tell you that will probably just about cover the costs of the solicitors. Uh, because this has got very, very expensive. Um, it's also not good for rugby league. Because let's just assume behind the scenes they've come... I mean, the fact it's settled out court is actually quite good for rugby league. Um, but... Uh, sorry, and the reason it is good is because there's nothing public about how they've come to this figure. So there's no precedent set. Yes, exactly. So yeah. if they said five times salary, this is going to put enormous pressure on rugby league when a premiership club comes sniffing and says, oh, he's only been paid 20k, here's 100k, and we'll take my hands. Yeah. Which would be no problem for a lot of premiership clubs. So the fact that it isn't out in the open probably is a fairly good thing because the last thing rugby league needs... Good thing for league. Yeah, the last thing rugby league needs is premiership clubs stealing all, all, all of their talent. The flip side to this, however, is this could be what saves rugby league because it is desperate for cash. So if you could sell one or two players a year at 500k, that is... Or you know, 200k or something, whatever yeah. it is. Well, if you get 500k for someone, that would that's what, a quarter of your salary cap? Two million salary cap, I think it is? Yeah, it's, it's, not fun, yeah, it's about that. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I don't think... So they're very, very rarely transfer fees in rugby. Yeah, very rarely. Well, it depends if they're buying someone out, out of contract, isn't it? Yeah, which, that, which is that's which not is, a transfer fee, really, is well, it? That's just a. That's, it is buying them out of the contract, so that yeah. that is yeah, what so transfer fees in football. Yeah, so are Louis, to do but with. it's not it's not compensating them for, uh, for anything. It's just. No, it well, is. It is. It's, it's well, effectively well, it is, but, but it's only equal to. But no, transfer not. fees kind of like a. No, so like, um, Louis Pickamore went for whatever it is, that isn't just how much Northampton will be paying him. Yeah. That'll be how much Northampton will be paying him plus the links to Northampton. Plus. Yeah. Plus. Same with that, no, that, it's normally, it's really normally to do with the cost of getting yeah. another player in. Yeah. So it, it does work effectively as compensation for yeah. the loss of that yeah, player yeah. and to get a, a new player and in. I don't really... But it happens so rarely in rugby. Yeah. We, we've seen a few just this year. So Denny Ferns, although it's not really a transfer, but he has effectively signed for Gloucester and then been transferred back to mm. Leon. So yeah. Leon have paid compensation and for that. Yeah, the other reason Pickamore's. The other reason you're not seeing it, uh, transfer fees building up in rugby. Thank God, by the way, because what a waste of money, is yeah. because of the salary cap. So there'd be no point in spending six million on, on a player if you can't get him within the cap. That's yeah. why you've got to wait for the contracts to, contracts to run out. Uh, on the other hand, if you were that player who's been bought for six million, my first question would be: Well, if you're willing to pay six million for me, how much are you willing to put in my pocket? On the Carl Ferns thing, he did get substick from frustrated Gloucester fans and some rugby fans in general. They were passionate a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can understand the an- annoyance. I think Carl Ferns didn't help himself by um, giving it the oxygen. He was replying to people on Twitter and going through, which I always th- I would always advise people not to do. Don't don't give it oxygen. It'll You're actually quite away. a good person to listen to about Twitter because I would have done exactly the same thing yeah. as Carl Ferns. You would probably gone one further and tried to get their name and address and hunted them down. Yeah, I've actually tried to do this before. I'll tell you about that. <laughs> <off air. laughs> um, but I, I, I can also understand Carl Ferns being upset. And I, I, my, my take on this is, it is a short career. It's up to him where he plays. And if the clubs have come to an agreement, then who's anyone else to say something? something no, remarkable no, like me if he wants to, if, if he wants to earn money, that's fine. I am, however, very, very disappointed that Carl Ferns isn't thinking about 20 years' time when he's looking back at his rugby Can career. This? When he could have been an England cap by this time next year with a World Cup looming. So, and I th- I'm really disappointed he hasn't backed himself in that sense. I, I kind of agree with you, Tim. Um, I am uh, I'm disappointed that we won't see him in an England shirt, and I am disappointed that he's not. 
So if he'd backed himself, to however much Leon paid him, let's let's say, let's say he's going to get an extra three hundred k, just mm. pulling a figure out of the air. If he'd have played for England fifteen times, if he'd backed himself to get make the match day 20, 23, 15 times in a season, which in some seasons there are that many games, that is three hundred k. And it's it's almost plus, like plus, you plus get all the, the endorsements, plus you get the kudos and all that. Now it's it's not guaranteed, no. and he could blow his knee in the first game of next season, and that's it. That's his good, career could be over. That's a really good point. It's something I've never thought of. If you've got a three-year contract with your club and you blow up your knee, well, you get three years worth of money, right? Uh, probably in France because of the well, employment yeah, because yeah. of the employment laws. I, mean, I don't know, but. It's no, no. Most professional rugby contracts, again, I don't know, maybe when you get to real elite levels it might be different, but I think for your average premiership player, the the, the deal will be if you have, I think it's six months continuous That's right, they can... unavailability, your contract can just be written off however long and however much it's worth. Right. But players always carry insurance yes. as well. So, uh, yeah, I guess then for England, the risk of blowing on your knee, you, you would be covered. Substantially covered if if your if your career but ended it in an England shirt. So well, yeah, probably you you the amount you could be insured for would be significantly higher because you've got the potential to earn Gloucester money plus England money. Anyway, we're going into a bit too much yeah, detail, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, is, uh, anyway, it's a shame. But, but uh, I, Leon's yeah. gain is definitely it's, is it's Carl Fern's and our and possibly England's loss. Yeah, Gloucester's well, Le- loss, England's loss, but Leon's gain because he's a hell of a player. Well, Leon had their team unveiling the other week and uh, apparently it was absolutely packed because this is the first Leon team to be able to stay up and that's a big deal for them because they've spent a lot of money in the past on a lot of players and never ever done it he's got bigger and bigger he is absolutely enormous enormous. yeah (laughs) he's the big silverback he's enormous yeah Um, Uh, other games this week Japan Island did either of you see no but I heard Japan battered them (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Japan. Ireland battered Japan. I, yeah, fifty twenty-two. Another good performance by uh, the Ireland youngsters. Keith Hills again. Keith Hills have been very good this, so albeit they're playing uh, lesser opposition. Mm. But, yeah, it, good, that, good performance. Are all these tours over? Are they all mini tours, like two games. Or so there, there is a round of fixtures next week as well, which mm-hmm. we can get into at the end of the sh- oh. show, which is probably quite shortly. Um, by the way, uh, I did see another game this week. Which I forgot to mention. South Africa, France. Yes, I saw the last uh, last half an hour of that. I didn't see it. Uh, it was pretty good, actually. Um, the French started pretty strongly. They had two real periods of pressure. So, uh, beginning of the second half, they were all over South Africa. But South Africa finished a lot of chances. So, oh, I'll tell you who is it. I mean, you probably know he's a good player anyway. But uh, Khaleesi, don't know his first name. Yeah. He God, play- he can play. He was playing six, wasn't he? Yeah, what, what's his normal position? Six or seven. Is it? Yeah, which is obviously reversed in uh, in South Africa. He, he plays for the Stormers. Ca- captain. In fact, he's captain of the Stormers this year. Yeah, yeah. he's a hell of a player. Uh, I mean, he had one catch, which was like fingertips, stooping down, and then finished off for a try. His carrying was brilliant. His um, break through the middle of the rook in the... But he's quite old as well. This oh, I no, it get. wasn't the second... It was the rip, wasn't it, in the second yeah. half? The rip and then the spin and then accelerate. But he's quite old as well. He's at 27, 28. Uh, which is not particularly old for a flanker. It, uh, he, I'm he's been surprised. Of, I guess I'm more surprised I've not heard of him before. He's been around a few years. Oh yeah, he's he's. I wonder how many caps he's got. He he has been around for a few years. Uh, he's, a, he's a hell of a player. And France just feel a bit French at the moment. 
a bit modern, <laughs> uh, not traditional French either. Like tradition, uh, sorry, not traditional French, more modern day French. They just don't can't seem to put anything together. They've got these enormous players. Um, they've got a Fijian winger who had one incredible run, but just nothing of any substance was was produced by, by France. And they've got, I, do you know what? I'm going to be a little bit controversial here and say they might have the best pool of back rows in world rugby, or maybe you know, the second best. It, it's up there. Yeah, they've got a lot of a lot of talent, and yet they just can't do anything with it. Well, part of it, going back to we've mentioned it a few times, but your rugby dungeon. Uh, interview with Ben Darwin talking mm-hmm. about uh, player stability team stability yeah half their players weren't available in the first test because they were playing in the top 14 final or the, it was the week after the top 14 final so they've had a complete overhaul seven or eight changes between the two tests so there's no stability yeah and they're, all the freshmen are back in work now <laughs> of course they are yeah they've started their pre-season um just one last thing on that. Uh, the French <clears throat> flanker camera. I, I love I love that guy. Yakuba camera. Yakuba camera, I think, is class. Yeah. So is Gordon. And so he's, is... he's only young, that, that camera. I'm not he's sure a, he is a... that young, you know. He's like 6'4", rangy guy. Yeah, yeah. But he's like 21, isn't he? I've got a feeling he's a little older. I think he's about 25. But I could be wrong. He carries well. He does everything pretty well. And he's very, very strong. Okay. I'm going to jump us back to New Zealand. Because I think there's some important things worth discussing as far as the Lions goes. Okay. One, Warren Gatland said in a press conference that Sam War- Sam Warburton is under pressure for his place. Now, if Warren Gatland is saying in a public forum Sam Warburton is under pressure for his place, I think that means Sam Warburton is not starting. Uh, barring injury. I, I agree with that 90%. Okay. I, I'm still not quite sure. We... But, Gatlin so, works in mysterious ways. We'll I'll wait until I yeah. see the team. The second, well, well we, we've seen the team for Tuesday. We've seen the team for Tuesday, which we'll get yeah. to. So the second point is that Johnny Sexton was in a press conference and was asked, and again, it's only they're only they're only reporting bits of what he said, but he was highlighting how well him and Farrell played ten twelve for fifty minutes against the Crusaders together, and he thinks you know that he's ready to to form that partnership again. I just have a sneaky suspicion. I said it last week. I have a sneaky suspicion that. Gatlin might well go that route. We will see. Maybe test two and three. We'll see. Yeah, I think he he's only going to do that. That's like his roll the dice strategy. Yeah. If halfway through the second test, they've lost the first test, they're 15 points down halfway through the second test, that he's got to try and open it up. Then yeah. that's where mm, he goes to. That's fair. I don't think he'll start with that. I think he's going to start... I think he's going to start <clears throat> with tail. Uh, as you do, actually. But I think if he gets in trouble, he'll he'll probably look for more of the same. Yeah, uh, you know, probably bring it, call it Banahan, move uh, north to thirteen. <laughs> that kind of. I think that's more likely. Jamie Roberts might still. Jamie be. Roberts. Jamie Roberts is in New Zealand. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Enough of this ball playing nonsense with Teal. Stuart McCloskey. <laughs> Stuart McCloskey's in. And then finally, as you mentioned, Phil, the, the 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 team for the game against the Chiefs, I think, is quite revealing as well. Uh, yes. In a few places, so. Elliot Daly and Liam Williams both start in the back three. So, George North, who a lot. I of am people, gobsmacked. That, yeah. I am, I am gobsmacked. Well, no, no, I'm not actually. Because you know what? You go back a few months, and again, I could be saying, "Sorry, Warren, you know what you do. You, you got it absolutely Warren right." And I'm really sorry. Yeah, I'm sure he does know what he's doing. No, he really does. No, know he's done it before. He made the tough call with JD two last time round. Yeah, and, and Bod. Over, over Bod. Fair enough. But um, yeah. I, 
it, the, the mind boggles um, about George North and whether he deserves it. They see stuff in training, I guess. Maybe they know that it's just a matter of when, not if, he sparks into life. But um, I'm really surprised uh, with how poor he's been. Yeah, but, I couldn't agree but, more. But, that, that... Daly, but Daly and Williams, in both in the back three, means George North is starting. George North is starting, and it also means most likely uh, JJ is going to be the outside back on the bench. Jonathan Joseph. Hmm. Yeah, because Jonathan Joseph come, could easily play wing. Yeah. It's not ideal, but he could do it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and Halfpenny could slot to wing. Watson could t- tuck across the full-back. Full yeah. They've, they've yeah. got a few options. North could go centre if the... Well, Ooh. Uh, and then <laughs> CJ Standers starts in the back row, which yes. suggests to me he's not going to be on the bench. Yes. Which means Warburton, Warburton will be on the bench. Yeah. Or Warburton starts and possibly Shawnee. There's no, there's no eight cover though. Mind you, you don't have to. Well, Sean O'Brien can can push across. It's an auxiliary eight. The Mm. other thing is, um, as well as the five, or or was it? Yeah, five of six new faces who are on the bench. So officially, uh, eight. You know, when they come on, if they come on, Dacey, Dell, Francis, Hill, um, and Russell and Davies will be Lions. But also on the bench, Tommy Seymour, fine. Yeah, Alan Wynne Jones. Yes, which, and which again, if you want to just read the legit, the logical well, path is that it's going to be a crew Todgy second row partnership. Yeah, I mean you couldn't possibly play Cruz or or Todgy in this game, so that's that. Uh, you'd probably struggle with Henderson because he because he played. And Alan Wynn has had a whole week off after playing back to back games. I don't don't be surprised if he does not come on at all. Did, did Alan Wynn have a week off for any particular? Yeah, because he played. Um, he played Saturday, Tuesday. Saturday and Tuesday. Okay. So, so he didn't play at the weekend. Don't. Uh, he will not play in this game. I'd be amazed so, if he came well, on. It's interesting what number shirt he's wearing. What number shirt is he wearing? Twenty. Twenty. Which is backup back, back row. row. Backup. Also, oh, maybe he is just there. I think he, as a as a if which, needed. Which does raise the question: well, Why did you not call up some, another guy? another guy? Yeah, because. Alan Jones, Nathan so, Hughes. So there's no more. So no. Crew Todd will start. Well, just one Anyone, of the Welsh just, players. Just one of the Welsh guys. Thomas Young or. Oh God. No, because the thing is, Dave, no, no, I'm, just, just, yeah, just yeah, he's yeah. going to sit on the bench. You've yeah, already yeah, got yeah. Dace, guys, Dacey and Francis. Yeah. I mean, these guys are not with the, with the squad. They're going to go home after this game. Or after certainly after the Hurricanes game, they're not yeah, going to hang yeah. around. No, they're not. They got they've got two more test matches after this one. They're, those guys will not be there for the test matches. I am with Jay on this. They are going to get those guys are going home. There is okay. no way Thomas Francis, even if the sink and uh, Ty Furlong and Dan Cole, if they all get injured, Thomas Francis is still not still going to get that test. Team. Yeah. So I mean, this is kind Harry of. Harry Williams. I really don't want it to be the case, but I would. I, but I, I just out of curiosity, I'm. I almost. No, I don't wish ill. No, no, you don't wish this. No, I don't wish this. Fact, yeah, yeah. I wish just there, to I find wish there was a sliding doors parallel universe where I could just go and find out if yeah. he would actually pick Thomas Francis to start a test no. match. Uh, so <laughs> the, these boys will be on a plane home straight after the Hurricanes game. Thank you. Do you know what I don't like about this whole situation? Is these lads who have been called up are getting a lot of stick now. Um, you know, even if it's tongue in cheek, like "Oh, Charlotte Church is next up" or whoever it is, and actually all they've done is help out the Lions. I mean, it's yeah. not like they're. Oh, you know, none of us would say not, no. Not, no, yeah. I wouldn't say hey, no. If Warwick gave uh, me a phone call I, now, Tim, get on the first plane. I'd be lauding I, it in people's faces. I'd, go, I'd, prob- I'd feel very, very sheepish around the camp. And I would and, and I reckon. Oh. And I reckon. I, <laughs> I'd be, be strutting. High five in Haskell. Yeah. <laughs> right, boys. I'd be on the top. I'd be on the back of the bus. I would. You, you'd, st- you'd start doing Instagram videos. Going, yeah. me and my best mate Hask. My best mate. 
It'd be awesome. Greatest um, night of my life. But he is getting, they are all getting a, a lot of stick. And I kind of, I don't, it doesn't really sit well. If um, you got called up to the Lions, Jay, I would preemptively write your obituary. <laughs> <laughs> if, you get thrown, out here. if you get thrown onto that professional rugby team, you are done for. Nobody, nobody's got, nobody's, nobody's directing their problems at the players. Yeah, but, you know, there is a lot of the, talk there's around frustration it. on the, on social media, on Twitter. So uh, you, you are right. Of course they're frustrated because it's a bloody farce. It isn't a farce. What, how is it not a farce? Because the farce would be, I mean, I don't know if you know this, the farce would be calling up Launchbury, telling him to miss a test, flying him all the way over here to sit on a bench. He doesn't want to do that. Warren Gatlin do, doesn't, want, doesn't, want, doesn't want him to do that. It's going to benefit nobody. The best thing is getting these guys to sit on the bench, what help out the team. It's going to benefit nobody. It's going to benefit nobody, and then they go home afterwards. Well, they're here for two games. How, about, did, how did, about if having picked the, the opposition you want, Agreed on the schedule. You pick the players. That you no, need, you he pick didn't the agree you, on the schedule. You pick the players. That's the only thing he didn't agree on the schedule. You pick the players you need for the tour. But he, he knew, he that knew, he agreed, that he they knew the schedule. He did know the schedule. You pick the players you need for the tour and then replace, Do it as, as has always yeah. happened, injury, so, injury replacement. He knows, it, he knows the schedule. Rather, rather than half a dozen So he knows the schedule. Fodder. So he knows the schedule, but he didn't pick the schedule. So? Okay, so. He, when, when did he know the schedule? Two years ago? Okay, three years ago. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. So knowing the schedule... He's just yeah. basically done the best thing for that tour group. And I'll I'll just very quickly go back why. Too big a tour party, again, is going to benefit no, um, nobody, as you saw last time that they went to New Zealand. Now that they're here, they've got this peculiar thing. How Games many, how many do Clive Woodward take? Oh. 45. Gatlin has taken 40, 40. 42. Yeah. So, so actually, he's not no different. It. Yeah, it's virtually no and different. And with the six extra, it's, um, it's, it's more. Yeah, which is kind of what is needed. But you don't need to take these guys for the for the for the whole tour. If you look at um, the last time that they went, it was it was an absolute disaster. So I understand what he's doing now. You don't need the best players in the British and Irish Lions to sit on the bench because all the decisions have been made now. All the competition has ran, uh, has run its course. They know who the test team is, and they just need bodies. So I don't think it's right to call up the best players in the British and Irish the British and Irish teams to come over and, and sit on the bench because they've got no chance of participating in the tests and they're literally I mean it's kind of it's a pretty rubbish role actually well hold on one thing I'll just pick you up on something just go back about a, a minute or two one thing you said is if there are injuries there's no way Thomas Francis no. is starting a test match and they'll call up yeah. someone else yeah 100% so there's the reason why if you, go, if, if you feel the need you do need to fill your squad with more bodies and actually, I would just no. argue what you should be doing is replacing like for like when there's injuries. Like yeah, yeah, Hogg, no, that will not Hogg, bring a player in for Hogg. Um, Moriarty, bring a back rower in for Moriarty, and yeah. and take take them take what you need. But if you are going to bring players in, then th- that would be a, a farcical situation. Let's say, let's say two tight head props do go down and go home. Let's call them up. Flying out someone else, you're going. Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, have Thomas Francis there, but no, Tom, sorry, Tom, you're not. You're still not. Involved. But I think the players know that. I mean, there's no way Kieran, uh, there's no way Corey Hill, Dorsey, Thomas Francis rocked up thinking that they're going to play a test. They, they, they know the score. They're just helping out. Just to put this into pers- yeah. some perspective, we've now spent a minutes in the last two p- pods talking about the bench for a midweek test. Good. I Good mean, point. I mean, can I just point out? <laughs> this is um, commercial, irrelevant. Commercial genius by Gatland because we're talking about the Lions. This is what we are. <laughs> we are. I mean, well, who? we're not talking about. The starting team, yeah. which is exactly so. When else would anyone ever talk about the bench? More of a scandal is your man who hear, hear him now, believe him later. Jared Payne starting in the test match at, f- at fifteen. He's starting JB two games in a week. 
in two different positions, that's going to be a tough ask. Yeah, where's he starting? 13? 13, 13 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like which is why... So that combined with Liam Williams and Elliot... Yeah, you're right about JJ. JJ is going to be the bench. So you're you, you can right. you can pretty much reel off the starting 15. So let's do it. So include, actually, the starting 15 plus subs. Mako, George, George Furlong. Furlong. Krutoji. Krutoji. The only question is whether Warburton starts. I say he doesn't. So I say he doesn't. So I'm going to say he does. Omani. Oh, the only thing is uh, O'Brien could be better impact off the bench. Yeah, but I, I personally wouldn't do it. Armani O'Brien, Falatau. Yeah, and doesn't suggest that Sean O'Brien isn't creating enough impact starting. He's creating a hell of a lot of impact. So, Murray yeah. Sexton. Yeah. Teo JD two. Yeah. North Watson halfpenny. Yes. There is just and then the, one and then the more. Ben, the bench is Owens, McGrath, McGrath, Sink, Sink, Alwyn Jones, Alwyn. Uh, then Warburton, Warburton or O'Brien potentially. Warburton, then it'll be Webb. Webb. So it's confirmed that Farrell should be fit. So Farrell and then JJ. JJ. That That's, is the that is the that fifth. is the line that of twenty three. Don't yeah. don't worry about waiting for the announcement. We've just done so it. So just two things on that. I disagree with if it's. I just can't see Warburton and Omani playing at the same time. So I think it's going to be Warburton or Omani, not Warburton or. Oh or really? Yeah. Well, you... the only reason I say O'Brien is because he's he's a better impact off the bench. Mm. But yeah, you're probably right. You, you fact, need... I can almost see. Oh no, no. Let's not go into um, Warburton not being on being on the bench. Or we've done that. Uh, the other thing which is really interesting is in the Lions contract they can only play six games. Johnny Sexton's on four already. It means he might have to miss a test. No. Yeah, that is that is that is in the contract. The no. Du- the um, the what do you call it? Contract. The uh, oh, what do you call it? Not duty of care. The whatever it is. Surely it's not. It's six six games worth of eighty minutes. I six, would need six to times see the con- eighty. So I need to see the contract. But it was in the Times last week that I he might breach his um, welfare. The, uh, player welfare. welfare. The player welfare clause. And there's one thing you can't mess around with nowadays. That's player welfare because everyone gets into a, a a hysterical rage. But you just said Gatlin knows what he's doing. Gatlin does know what he's doing. Except he might have his first choice ten unavailable due to play welfare issues. Well, that's exactly why you should call it more guys from the from the Ross talk. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe that. Is, yeah, yeah, I can't believe that is going to happen. Well, it, the, yeah, watch his space. I can't believe Gatlin would have have, have an oversight like that. Well, even if he, if, he, if he, even if sex on the bench, because Bigger had a concussion. I don't know, maybe because he had he had to stop. Sexton against against the Mari. Do you think he, what? So you're suggesting he's just trying to. Uh, he might go. Oh, I didn't realise. Oh, bigger. He'll have to start. No, I think one get one go. Uh, welfare. Forget it. I'm going to win a test. Yeah. Look what I did to George North. Exactly. George, George, you're fine, right? Yeah. George. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what's going to happen. Excellent. Uh, Predictions for the game on Tuesday. Oh, should we do a Leo Vegas prediction? We should do. LeoVegas.com. Yeah. Uh, Our wonderful bank partners. We'll do two. Will we? Can you hear that? No. Leo Vegas is where you can go for brilliant bets on rugby. They love their rugby. We love their rugby. They love us. We love them. And you will too. So, uh, yeah. So our game of the week is the Chiefs. First off, uh, the Lions versus the Chiefs. Game Tuesday, 8.35am kickoff again. Um, and we'll do a post-game podcast at some point on the Tuesday. Will we? Well, well no, actually, no, let's not. We won't. Let's, let's no, we'll, scrap we'll that. We'll do one once the, t- the Lions team is announced, which will be Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll do one then and really build up to the, the first test. Um, I'm really struggling to get really enthusiastic about this one because it, it feels all about the test. And there is an, there is an argument. I, I kind of come around to this thinking about these extra bodies. I think there is an argument between almost drawing a line at one point in the tour for future Lions tours and yeah. the tests... Te- the it's test, going test for like, Once it's tests, done. Yeah, so the week before Just the test, tests. there we go. Yeah, there's no, the provincial game between the test is... Who cares? Um, Chiefs, for me, by 20 points. So Chiefs are missing a fair few players. Mm-hmm. They've got Stephen Donald, captain in the side from 10. Um, Make it 25. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think the Lions are going to sneak this. Lions uh, by five. I think they'll win comfortably by 17. So you think Lions by 17. I think Chiefs by 20. Only a 37-point gap. And <laughs> hold on, hold on. Chiefs, Lions by five. Chiefs aren't playing any All Blacks or anything, are they? No. No, no Just, All Blacks. None of the boys who played for the no. uh, Maori All Blacks either. No. Just remember what happened when Wales played the Chiefs. True. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. I've, I've said it now. And, Phil, you reckon Lions by... Lines by five. Lines by five. I kind of think you probably will be the closest. Uh, <laughs> and the next game will be the test. What are we going to... Do you want to throw some, some scoreline? Should we do that in the, just to yeah. the teams out? Mid- the teams are out. Yeah, we'll do that in the week. Ooh. God, it's exciting now, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's so exciting. It's come round. If, like, it's a bit like Christmas Day when you were a kid. Like you, you wait and wait and wait for it, wait for it, and then it just goes by like that. Yeah, exactly right. It's just going to be gone before we know it, so we need to savour it. Yeah, last announcement. Um, I am watching the first test in Barcelona. Please get in contact with me with places to watch this <laughs> damn test. Uh, I've emailed a couple of bars. They've not e- uh, emailed me back. Remember, I want to watch it in the style which I've become accustomed to. So get in contact with me on Twitter, <laughs> at jbidmore, or the at most, Rugby Podcast. The most niche request yeah. for someone to get Barcelona. in touch. Barcelona. If you happen to own a bar, know a bar, live in Barcelona, we know I, our... Do you know what would be ideal for It's a for very me? specific bar as well, though. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what would be ideal for me? If I can find like an all-day brunch somewhere with a, a TV that will show the lines and then drink, uh, drink until at least mid-afternoon. So when at when my are, leisure? When are Phil and I going to do a podcast with you uh, after the Lions game? Are you going to be smashed? Well, I'll be merry. Yeah, but I'm always <laughs> merry, aren't I? So yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> always merry. Always merry. Uh, it's relative. I don't know. Are we ahead or behind in Barcelona? Uh, One hour ahead. ahead. Europe is ahead, ahead of. Us, is right. that good for us? So it'll be 9.30am rather than 8.30am. Perfect, that is going to be good for me. Uh, yeah, I will Skype in. Um, and if you need me for talk sport as well, Tim, you let me know. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> if you need me, let me know, Tim. JB will be drunk. Got you. Uh, right, so we are at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Egg Chasers Podcast. We're on Facebook, Egg Chasers. We are everywhere that you can download or get a podcast. And you should subscribe on all of those places, and you'll get every episode delivered straight to you. We do, we're weekly, every week, and we're multiple episodes during this Lions period because we love it that much. Anything else? Any other business? Uh, only to say that uh, another another small announcement. Only to say that our our flights are now booked to Philadelphia. We will be going to that game. We'll have more information on this as it comes up. But start planning your diary because it's 16th, going to be epic. Sixteenth September, Philadelphia. There's the Premiership game. Who cares what the teams are? It's Saracens, Newcastle, but whatever. Even if they're not your teams, uh, join us in one. It's, it's like it's got an amazing sporting heritage, that city. Rocky? And, yeah, Rocky. Um, and, I mean, that's a made-up guy, but yeah. And other stuff. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the one um, the one where uh, Mark Wahlberg made the Eagles team. Oh, yeah. That happened. I can't remember what that's called. We'll have to see if there's an Eagles game on that Sunday. 
It, does the um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia bar actually exist? Paddy's Pub. Paddy's Pub? Uh, I doubt it. I bet there is a tribute to it somewhere in Philadelphia. I, I want to find that yeah. tribute. One of my favourite shows. So yeah, anyway, get that in your diary, but don't worry about anything else. I, I'm I'm losing energy now. I need to I need to go. Yes. I need to eat. Too too hot. Too hot, man. The hottest day of the year, and we've been down here in the dungeon doing talking rugby. So we will see you on the next one. Goodbye. Let, let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 